welcome to the Water and Stone podcast. You are listening to episode 91. We'd like to share with you our Sunday worship service for November 4th, 2018. The lesson title is Honor. It is the fifth of the series Inside Out, which takes us through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Tell the truth and tell it quickly. So our scripture today, Matthew 5, 37 But let your statement be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything beyond these is of evil. Now we'll get to that in a second. I want to share with you that because I get to live this life, I'm so blessed in so many ways. Something happens when you set yourself up to be looking for something. You know what I mean? When you set yourself up for a lesson, you will find a teacher, you know? And because I'm really working on this spirituality stuff, I'm really working on my relationship with God. God gives me amazing teachers. Sometimes there's ones I don't want. Sometimes there's ones I live with. And two of my most amazing teachers have been my children, Miles and Raina. From the time that they were very small, I would say to my daughter, okay, here's the deal. This is a good parenting moment. You can do this or you can do this. We can go to the beach but if we do that, we won't have time for ice cream. So you got to decide, ice cream or beach, ice cream or beach, ice cream or beach. You know that moment? It's supposed to be good parenting because it puts it in the hands of the child. I'm empowering the child. And secretly, I don't have to be the bad guy because they picked. It's a great dodge as well. So this or this. But inevitably, invariably, inevitably, my little daughter would go, one or one. How about two once? How about both? Why don't we do both? Come on, you clearly have the power to do both. Why don't we do both? There's a spiritual message there. Now, my son, when he got a little bit older, and you would say, do you want to go to the beach or do you want to go to the movies? He would say, let's go to Disney. We called him option C. No matter what we said, it was this or this. No, we're going to do this. And it's an amazing thing that between the two of them, they represent the unfolding spiritual idea. Sometimes we hit our heads up against the idea of, if I can't have this, it's nothing. And is it this extreme or is it this extreme? And part of the answer is, well, it's kind of both. But part of the answer is, it's both and it's something brand new. The spiritual moment is we take everything that God has given us, but do something brand new with it. When you combine all of the things, instead of turning your back on some of the things that God has given you, if there's no accidents in the universe, then everything's there for some reason, like it or not. Take everything that God has given you, but decide to do something brand new. Decide on an option C that includes everything. And you're on the right track. There's something wonderful about that. And you get ice cream on the way to Disney. It works out nicely for everybody. But in a way, that's what's going on in that piece of scripture. Jesus has said, I don't know if you know this part. It's pretty popular, so you've probably heard it before. Jesus is saying, look, everybody's really big on making big oaths and big promises and trying to make some kind of giant deal with God and buttering God up. If I say enough amazing big words, God will like me enough and I can negotiate a settlement with God. And Jesus says, well, it's not really about that. But he doesn't say, don't say anything at all. He says, say yes and say no and leave the rest alone. So it's kind of, don't say 
everything and don't say nothing, but say something that moves you forward. And there's something really powerful about that. There's something really simple and really beautiful about that. And it spoke to the time that Jesus was talking to because in that time, the idea was whoever won the debate, whoever won getting right with God, whoever won the moment was the one who had the most flowery words. If I can just get the right rhetoric, if I can say the right things and evoke the right emotions, I can get somebody to do it my way. I can prove that I'm better than other people. I can win. I can sell the thing. And it was true then. Wait a minute. It's kind of true now. I mean, it's not always the case that we expect the person with the, the best opinion, the best view, the best judgment to win. Usually it's whoever can get the word out. There's a reason why more people can name every single person in the Cardassian family than the last round of Nobel Prize winners. There's a lot of reasons. Did you know that, this is me dating myself, did you know that the Betamax was a superior product to the VHS tape? Kevin knows, because he used to work at Radio Shack. But no one, first of all, no one knows either of those anymore. But, but VHS won, not because it was a better product, but because they could get the word out. You see, there's something really powerful there. And it's not just a physical lesson, it's a spiritual lesson. Because there are those people who think, if I can just get the right words, if I can go to the right guru and learn the right foreign language. Well, guess what? God doesn't speak a foreign language. God speaks in your heart. The answer is never going somewhere else. The answer is always going within and taking it outward. And that's a very different idea. And besides, if my relationship with God or my relationship with other people has to do with a negotiation, can I ever really win? What does winning look like? If I fooled God into something, is that a win? If I fooled myself into something, is that a win? If I'm selling something, then inherently, sort of baked into the system, there's a little bit of distance. You know what I mean? Because here's me making my case, and there's this audience somewhere else. There's a separation. There's me and there's you. There's the consumer and the producer. There's a whole marketing department. And that's a problem. If what I really want is not separation, but oneness. What I want is to be one with God. And so if I'm having to sell something, God, maybe I'm selling the wrong thing. Ask yourself when you pray, what's the point? Trying to convince somebody of something? Do you have to convince somebody that love is a good thing? That happiness is important? That healing is natural? Do you have to convince somebody that? Or do we let it happen? What are you doing when you talk to God? Is there a selling point? Maybe it's time to uh, reel that back in. The goal, no matter what the outer goal is, we've talked about this, the goal is oneness. You know you're on the right track when you're working for Oneness. And in past weeks, we talked about the idea that it's important to be one with God. Let's not have a God that lives somewhere far away. Right? We talked about that. And then last week, we talked about the idea that it's not just about your relationship with God, but also about your relationship with yourself. Can you find ways to be at one with what's going on in your heart? And in this little statement this week, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And that's it. 
And this little statement, we've taken it to the next level, and that's the unfoldment of all of this. You know you're on the right track when what you think about, what you pray about, what you talk about, what you feel addresses those three things. Does it apply to the big picture? Does it apply to what's in my heart? And does it apply to how I live? That is the trinity of life. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Big picture, in my heart, and expression. If you can do those three things, you're doing it. So the question is, how how do I do it? The question is, how do I do this in life? I mean, it's easy when it's just me and God because nobody's looking. It's even easy, I mean, it takes a little bit of practice, but it's even easy when it's this idea of being at one with myself because I know I'm supposed to just put on the right music and meditate somewhere. I can find a sunset or a beach or, a, you know, the right incense and I can just sit there and just sort of chill with that because there's no judgment. How do I do it with other people? How do I treat other people in terms of oneness? Because I've been on Facebook, not all of them are cool. How do I express oneness with other people? It's a good question, and I'm very glad you've asked it this morning. The answer is, say what you mean, and mean what you say. That's it. You don't need a big book about it. I mean, those books are great. You don't need a seminar about it, although those seminars are great. At the end of the day, the way to treat other people with oneness, the way to remember that you are surrounded by your brothers and sisters wherever you are is simple. Say what you mean and mean what you say. It's all about identity and authenticity, the sign that you carry and how well you live up to it. But you need both. God needs you to say something. Say a thing. Don't hold back? What is the truth of your being? What is the truth of your heart? What is meaningful to you? Where are you at? What makes you tick? Share it with somebody. If you want to make a friend, if you want to be a good husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, father, son, whatever it is, say what's on your heart and then live up to it. If you can do those two things, everything else will work out. That's really it. That's part of what Jesus is saying in the scripture today. That's part of the whole thing. So let me boil it down even further. You ready? Here's the thing to remember. Tell the truth and tell it quickly. That's it. Tell the truth and tell it quickly. That's it. Practice it. Tell the truth and tell it quickly. I'm going to say it about 5,000 more times today because it is the key to everything. You want to be a good person? You want to be a good business person? You want to be a good partner in romance? You want to be a good friend? You want to be a good whatever it is you're trying to be a good whatever at? Tell the truth and tell it quickly. Because the people around you want to know. Because you owe it to them. Because you've got something important to say. Tell the truth and tell it quickly. It will make you better at business because people know where you stand. It will make you better at every negotiation. Where do you want to go to dinner tonight? Oh, I don't know. Tell them you don't like that one place. It's okay. They actually want to know that. Tell the truth and tell it quickly. You will get better at everything. But here's the magic of this. Here's the magic of this. It's not just true on an interpersonal level. It's not just true on a mechanical level. It is true on a spiritual level because practice makes perfect. 
So if you become the kind of person who tells the truth and tells it quickly, you will be the kind of person who is practicing truth. And if you practice it, you will get better at it. If you practice it, you will get better at knowing it when you see it. If you practice it, you will get better at the idea that truth with a capital T is much bigger than you thought. Practice the truth. And you will begin to realize that, oh, you know what? I had a bad day. But what's the truth about that? Does that make me a bad person? Wait a minute, because I've been practicing the truth. It means I just had a bad day. The truth about me is too big for that one little moment. It doesn't define me anymore. The truth is that car that I love can't tell me who I am. I need a bigger truth than that. The truth is that I was a child of abuse or this and that and the other, and these terrible things happened to me. I'm not saying they didn't happen, but I'm saying they're not all there is to you. If you practice the truth, you get better at understanding what is real, capital T, big deal truth. You get closer to God. There's no special exercise. There's no five easy payments. There's no books you got to read. I love all of that stuff. It's great. Nothing wrong with it. All you got to do is tell the truth and tell it quickly. That is at the beginning of everything. And when you think about it, that's what every hero you ever had ever did. In one way or another, by their words, by their actions, by their example, they showed you, wait a minute, this ain't true. Somebody's lying. Let me think about every hero. In one way or another, they say, wait a minute, there is a disconnect between what we know and what we're seeing. Think about every hero you ever had. Whether it's a cowboy from a movie or something like that, we don't treat each other this way in this town. That's a little moment of it. Whether it's someone a little bit more cerebral like Socrates or Hillel who walked around asking a bunch of annoying questions until the people listening went, oh, wait a minute, you're right, this doesn't wash. Every hero will get you to a place where you realize that, wait a minute, it's both and it's option C. Every hero, my heroes, your heroes. Our hero, Jesus, is a great example of that. Over and over again, he said, guys, what are you doing? I'm paraphrasing, but you know, really. Almost every time, almost every story involves Jesus walking up and going, what are you doing? Give give me that. (laughs) What are you doing? There is a truth in you that is way too big for that silly way of thinking. There is a truth in you, a love in you, a light in you that is way too big to treat each other that way. There is a truth in you that is so awesome that if you just saw it for a minute, you wouldn't shut up about it. That's what heroes do. What is your truth? And it may not feel like that big, awesome, you know, mountains mountaintop moment and the clouds part and there's the burning bush and the voice booming in the wilderness and all that. It might just be, you know what, I don't want to hurt anymore. Start where you start. Because the fact that you have that calling is the truth calling you. What's your truth to share? And tell it quickly. Now, That's a very different idea than what is very popular in, uh, let's say, progressive spirituality right now. The idea of, if you want to be spiritual, what you really must do is shut up. You know what I mean. He's so spiritual, he hasn't said a word in years. Great. Awesome. What do I do about this? He's so spiritual. 
He hasn't written anything or said anything or shared anything. Look, I love it when a spiritual leader has that wilderness experience and they go away, but the real spiritual ones come back and help somebody. That's the test. There are those people who don't want to be pinned down and they say, well, you know, there's just there's truth in everything, so I'm not going to say anything. Or I'm going to just agree with anything. That's the beginning of a great date, by the way, when, you, when someone you're with says, anything goes, I'll fall for anything. Great. Have the authorities been notified? Well, I don't want to be pinned down. I don't want to be wrong. I want to be open to all things. Yeah, that's great. But you know what? There's a lot of awful restaurants that have big menus. You know what I mean? The good ones are the ones who say, look, we do these things very well. Here you go. What do you do very well? What are you here to do? Maybe you don't know everything, but you know something. What's your thing? What's the truth about you that you can tell quickly? Jesus didn't say, don't say anything. It's easy to stop at the beginning of that, you know, don't make any big vows, which he says right before the scripture we put on the wall. It's easy to stop with that and say, okay, well, therefore, I must be quiet. How's that feel when you sit still on something that you know you should have said? How does it feel when you hold love back, when you hold truth back, when you let the, the inappropriate joke go by, when you don't stand up for love and light and peace and truth? What happens when you defer the dream? To misquote Langston Hughes, what happens to a dream deferred? You're supposed to say something. And in fact, we know from Scripture, if you really know your Bible, you know Jesus wanted you to say something too because that little quote comes right after him talking about marriage. And he just gets done with this chunk about say what you mean and mean what you say. Make your claim. Make your statement to each other. Go do that thing and honor the thing that you did. So he's not anti-vow. There's something else going on there. And actually, a marriage ceremony is a great example of how this works. We do a lot of ceremonies. There's a lot of rituals, a lot of things that you do, and we say and we pray together and stuff that happens, and we pass the basket and sing a song, and people go home. Hopefully, they've had a donut. That's what really seals the deal. That's for me, anyway. But there's something special about that wedding ceremony. I mean, to me, they're all very special, but you got to admit there's something amazing about that ceremony because think of the component parts. There's family involved, people who don't normally come to church. There's that moment where two people are talking. It's not just the guy in the front of the room. Other people share. And a room full of people agree with it. We all agree on something together. And then those people leave with their lives different. In a lot of cases, their addresses even changed. It's the whole thing. Very few religious ceremonies involve legal paperwork. Very few religious ceremonies involve change of address forms and, and community property and all of that. So there's something amazing about this outer thing happening because of an inner thing. So it's a great example. But the truth is, at the end of the day, they're all that way. If you want your ritual, your ceremony, your religious practice, your spiritual mojo, whatever you call it, if you want it to be meaningful... Say a thing that you feel and do something about it. A wedding ceremony is a public acknowledgement of, I mean it. That's all it is. It's just nice outfits on top of, I mean it. It's, I mean it with a cummerbund. But there's something beautiful about that. Shine your shoes and mean what you say. Show up for it. There's something amazing about that. 
The marriage doesn't happen. The wedding doesn't happen because the padre says something. It happens because the people feel something that they acted on. Feel a thing, do a thing. That's the breakdown, not the other way around. And that's important because I got to tell you, man, so many times people pray with the idea that, God, will you validate me now? Like he's a parking attendant. God, will you validate me? I have these things that I want you to do, let's see. And I've got this list that I've given you. And God, will you validate the way I feel? And will you give me permission to hate the people that I continue to hate? And will you give me permission to get away with whatever it is that I want to get away with? Will you validate me, God? Think about how many prayers you heard that start that way, that end that way. God, will you please rubber stamp the thing that I already want and I am not open to negotiation. I'm coming in with five points above prime with God and that's it. I don't even know if that makes sense. I don't know anything about that. Jenny handles the money. But you know what I mean. God, do it this way. Validate me. But what relationship have you ever heard of that starts that way? Any other relationship? Can you imagine dating someone and saying, here's what I expect for you to do for me? Ooh, creepy. Can you imagine any situation? Can you imagine learning how to play a sport or perform music with the idea that I'm going to start with Beethoven? You start by practicing. You start by getting your expectations out of the way because you don't even know yet what the thing is capable of, right? You learn what are the constraints of the guitar or the violin or the whatever it is. You let it tell you. Art happens when you get out of the way and you let it dictate to you. Every relationship starts that way. Love happens, real love, when you get your expectations out of the way. And you let love be bigger than your ego. There's something magic that happens over and over again. It never starts with validation, so why should it be different with God? Maybe prayer works better when it's not, God, will you do what I want you to do? Maybe God's not here to validate me. Maybe if I want this thing to work, this life thing, this happiness thing, this healing thing, this prosperity thing, maybe if I want this thing to work, I should validate God. God, as love in my heart, how can I live up to the love instead of how can I tell love what to do? God, as, as healing in my body, what does life look like for me? Maybe I should follow where it leads for a change. How do I validate God in this situation? Ask not what your country can do for you, right? On a cosmic level. How can I validate God with the things that I say and the things that I do and the way that I feel? Ask yourself that question when you go into your prayer time this week. If you want to get a little bit more informal, maybe start your prayer instead of God. I've been thinking. Perhaps you're wondering why I've called you in here. God, looking at your performance lately and, you know. Maybe you don't start with that. Maybe you start with, what can I do for you? Because God knows better than you do. Love knows better than you do. Life knows better than you do. What does it mean to not put that there? To listen. It's a natural question to go, okay, Jesus, which is it? Do I not make a vow? Do I make a vow? Do I not say a thing? Do I say a thing? How does all of this work? But like I said, it's both and option C. It's something from another place. 
This whole series of talks about the Sermon on the Mount is called Inside Out because the idea is every time Jesus says something that turns everything upside down. It's look at it another way. It's a complete reversal of what people were expecting then and maybe what people are expecting now. That's the secret. That's why it's special. Here's the reversal. Here's the the switcheroo, the Kaiser Soze moment with all of this. Jesus is basically saying, it's okay to make a vow to somebody else. It's okay to say, here is all the love in my heart and I stand by that. I mean what I say. That's okay. The problem is when we make a promise on God's behalf. In other words, I am going to make a vow for God and God, I know you're going to do A, B, and C off of my list. Think about the vows that people make. A lot of times it's like a deal. God, I'm going to do these things and you're going to do this for me. Does God work that way? This is important because there's a lot of people that say, you know, if I just learn all of the laws of attraction. Now look, I love that idea too, but it's easy to read half of the book. You know what I mean? It's easy to go, I, I love all of this and I'm going to do the laws of attraction. I'm going to attract exactly what I want. Well, isn't that like telling God what's best? Hmm. Now look, there's nothing wrong with wanting certain things. There's nothing wrong with all of that, but it's also not very interesting. If I want my breakthrough, if I want my new answer, my revolution, my new paradigm shift, I don't need more of my stuff. So many times people pray for more of the same. God, can I just have more me but bigger? Can I have a nicer car? I already know about cars. No surprises. Can you bring me just a a better looking partner? Can I lose a couple of pounds? The kind of thing that people pray about is often, can I just have more of me? When prayer has to do with understanding that God knows better than I do. The magic happens when we stop dictating to God what God needs to do and we start listening. Once again, what can I do for you? Watch what happens. Because here's the thing. If you have a theory about how the world works, you're going to live up to your theory. You're going to find evidence to support your hypothesis. If you decide that people who wear blue shoes are not to be trusted... I hope nobody's got blue shoes on in the room. It's just an example. Don't get worried. But you know what I mean? If you decide something like that, before too long, you'll see people on the news. Oh, see? Blue shoes. I told you. Now, that's a silly example, but it takes about two seconds of thinking to know that there's a lot of ways to look at that. You can decide that certain people are no good, that answers can only come from certain directions, that there's certain things. If you make a theory about how the world works, you will find evidence to support your hypothesis over and over again. And the problem with that is there's no room for surprises, for breakthroughs, for growth. If all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. You've heard that one before. So let me give you a new one. You ready? Thou shalt not name the band. Now stick with me here. Just remember that I said that. Thou shalt not name the band. Here's what I mean by that. I don't know if you had this experience, but I had it a lot when I was a kid where I would learn like half of a blues scale and decide that I had all it took to be in a band. I was in, when I was in like fourth grade, I was in a lover boy cover band. And neither, none of us could play any music, but that didn't matter because we had a cool name for the band. Yeah, don't get me started, lover boy. Don't judge. Mike Reno was cool back in the day. Anyway, we had a cool name, and that's all we needed. How many times do teenagers get together and name the band without anything to back that up? 
over and over again. When I name a thing before I let it tell me what its name is, I have limited it. You know what I'm saying? And so a lot of times when Jenny and I are dreaming together, when we get with our friends and we're trying to figure something out, a new idea, a new church, a new whatever it is, and somebody will come up with a limiting notion. This is the thing. And hopefully one or the other of us will go, are you naming the band right now? In other words, are you putting it in a cubby hole and it can't grow out of that? Don't tell it what it needs to be. Let it tell you. Apply that lesson to love. Apply that lesson to your career ideas. Apply that lesson to friendship, to what life is supposed to look like. Stop praying for what you already know and start praying for something from an unknown place. That's the secret. How do I know if it's God talking? Well, does it sound like more of what you already know? Then it's probably ego. Does it sound like something completely unknown and surprising and maybe scary? Then you're being called. Get there. And you get there by telling the truth. Well, okay, so I'm not allowed to make plans. How do I know? How do I measure success? Well, you'll know it when you see it. And how do I know it when I see it? Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. No more big stuff. Just let your yes be yes and your no be no. Practice what you say no to. Don't participate in stuff that's hurtful anymore. You know what I'm talking about. Say no to what needs to be said no to. Is that love? Is that truthful? Is that honest? Is that noble? Does that help somebody? If it doesn't, quit doing it. Quit giving your money to it. Quit giving your time to it. That treasure of your attention. Learn how to say no. And learn how to say yes to what works, to what resonates with your heart. Learn how to say yes with whatever little piece of that dream that you can vision. Learn how to say yes, and not just yes with your words, but daylight savings time level. I'm going to say yes with my actions. I'm going to show up on time based on the time that I've agreed to. Carry your yes into celebration. And then you don't need a fancy oath. You're the oath. Making some big deal is like making a deal with gravity. Gravity does what it does. It's like making a deal with thunder. Lightning precedes it. It's going to happen. You don't need to do anything about it. Just show up. Be like that. There is a part of you that is as certain as the sunrise. And it's been calling you all along. All you've got to do is tell the truth and tell it quickly. And everything else will work out. Let it go. Set it free, because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you very much. This is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for listening to that Sunday lesson, and I want to thank you for being part of our virtual church family. If you'd like to know more about what we're doing at Water and Stone Church, the easiest thing to do is go to our website, waterandstonechurch.com. There's all kinds of amazing content. There's blog posts and videos and other episodes of this podcast and just all kinds of great things. And especially there's a calendar of events. We're always doing amazing uh, service projects in the community, all kinds of classes and services. Go to our website and find out how you can be a part of it. You can also text I am ready to 84576. That's all one word, I A M R E A D Y to 84576. It's a great way to get a once a week message about what we're up to. That's how we do our newsletter and special events and stuff like that. It's a great way to be in the loop. 
This podcast and everything that we do at Water and Stone is supported by you. And what that means is there's a lot of little things you can do to help us keep the lights on around here. If you go to the website, once again, waterandstonechurch.com, you can find out how to give electronically. You can find out how to shop at Amazon in such a way that benefits the church at no extra cost to you. Really and truly, though, the best way to support what we're doing is to help spread the word. Repost this. Tweet it. Like it on Facebook. Find our social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter. We've got two amazing YouTube channels. Go find those and like and subscribe and share. That's huge for us. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, iTunes or whatever, please give us a five-star review. That really helps as well. But at the end of the day, There's nothing like being there with us in person. Come join us at 11 a.m. every Sunday at the beautiful Harbor Hall. That's part of the University of South Florida's St. Pete campus. The street address is 1000 3rd Street South in St. Petersburg, Florida. Every Sunday at 11 a.m., there is a sense of family, a feeling of community, an uplifting lesson, music like you've never heard anywhere, and a life-changing message. It's time for a new life for you and a new world for all of us.